you're fat. So you drink anyone. Maybe if you show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're not a party. party. You're the Chargers. No Welcome back to You're Such a Catch, Quarantine Edition. Hey, <laughs> kidding, not kidding. Oh, if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. I'm Erin. If you need a visual, hop on over to my website, you're such a catch.com. I'm 38, single, and over here living my best quarantine life while trying to work from home. I mean, I'm usually on a train, plane, or automobile, so this staying home thing has been new, but I'm liking it. I'm also trying to keep up with the Joneses, and everyone's out there posting pictures of them Murray condoing their places, so I jumped onto the bandwagon, and this weekend I cleaned out my closet, so at least I was somewhat productive. So shout out to Katie and Alex for the inspo there. I'm getting my workout in each day, and no excuses, okay? So whether that be getting outside and getting some fresh air or pedaling like a mad woman on my Peloton. The other challenge that this time has presented is me not knowing how to cook. <laughs> so usually if I'm, if I'm home and not traveling, I will go to Whole Foods or Lazy Acres each day and get myself something uh, nice and tasty from the hot bar but not anymore. So um, I actually have only eaten out one time in the last week, which is a huge accomplishment for me and probably for my bank account. But you know, I had this craving. So I went out on a 90 minute walk on the strand trying to stay six feet away from my neighbor. But yes, for some reason, and, and I'm back into the intermittent fasting. So, I mean, not 100% on, but now that I'm back at home, I'm like, why not? So it was probably like 1.32 that I was like, oh, I should probably eat. So um, I decided that I would give into my craving and that craving was for In-N-Out. So for those of you who live on the East Coast or out Outside of this area and you don't know what In-N-Out is, it is like one of the best burgers ever. So yeah, and, it, and it's always popular. So I remember when my hometown, my little hometown of Reading got an In-N-Out burger and they had to have like cops like direct traffic because it was such a big hit. Yes, it's a thing. But even in, in these times, there was still a massive line. And they still had the order takers like out kind of taking your order right from your window. So hopefully that's safe. But I did get a burger. I didn't give in to my like desire to emotional eat. I just got a cheeseburger protein style. I'll plate the fifth on the fries. <laughs> um, but I think for the first time in my entire life that I can remember, I made it all the way home without touching any of the food because obviously I needed to wash my hands first. <laughs> so yeah, all sorts of new things happening. But yeah, all jokes aside, this is a trying time for all of us. And I think the most important thing we can do right now is band together while keeping our distance. <laughs> but whether that be like a virtual happy hour on Zoom, tagging our friends on social media and the push-up challenge, feel free to tag, you know, your girl right here at You're Such a Catch. I do need to work on my upper body strength. 
or you know, just reaching out to somebody to see how they're doing. One thing for me that's been working is just starting each day with my gratitudes. And then you know what? We just take it day by day from there. I am so happy to be talking with Sloan today. So I met Sloan randomly. I mean, to talk about networking. So Sloan and I both go to the same hairstylist. We are so lucky. Shout out to Jasmine. Love me some Jasmine. She takes good care of both of us. <laughs> but yeah, Jasmine had told me about you and what you're doing and how you're helping women. And she was like, you two need to connect. You have so many similarities and you're both out there empowering women and and so I am so glad that we did connect because I feel like she was absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> so Sloan, why don't you tell us about your business, what you do, and how you support women? I would love to. And I want to first say thank you so much for having me on. Oh, of course. I love what you're doing. And yes, we are so aligned. And so I'm, I'm honored to be here. Oh, thank yeah. you. You're welcome. So I work with women who really are ready to step into their greatness. And what that means is it can be women, anything from who really want greater profits and freedom in their business to want more intimacy in relationships, want a juicier sex life, want anything more. But it's kind of the common thread is women who feel like, I know there's something more for me. Mm. I know I could be better, do more, have more, something like that. Right. Okay. And then, yeah. And I, I was reading your bio online. And so you like started a law firm. You were a lawyer and you were out there kind of doing that and then had this pivot, right, in your career. So how did you decide one day that that wasn't your passion anymore? And, and now, you know, look at where you are. You know, in my mind, it's actually a very logical development. But what happened was it was a business law firm. And the first six months of me building my own firm, I only made $12,000. Wow. And I was so scared. I was embarrassed. I had actually come from an international law firm, which leaving that to go to start my own firm was kind of like, oh my God. Uh -huh. And I really, I set out to try to figure out how am I going to build a successful business? So I started hiring the best coaches that I could find. I started building my business. And in that process, started telling clients, hey, I can help you on more than your legal work. I can actually help you in building a profitable company and getting great employees and all the elements of business. And in that really started to go deeper because I always tell people, if anybody would listen to me like a robot, I could just give you a plan. Uh -huh. And yeah, of course, you could take your company to 2 million, 5 million, whatever it is you want but we're humans right. with all of our rules and restrictions. And so there's the deeper work of who am I being and mm -hmm. how is that reflected in my results? And that's Ooh. in business, that's in relationship, that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. So then I started coaching and consulting with people and I started a separate company and built a product and ultimately just really realized that the depth of what I have to give is so much more than just legal work. And mm -hmm. so I sold my firm to do the coaching and consulting full time. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. So why yeah. did you pick women especially to kind of focus in on and be like your niche uh, kind of target market? First of all, I think for us women, we have some really special ways of being 
and also mindsets and problems Mm -hmm. that we have in life and business. And so it's not that men don't face the same things that we do, but even the way we talk and think about it is unique. And I just saw a really special opportunity because the way I see it right now is there's a huge potential for us as women to step into new ways of being and new experiences in Mm -hmm. life. And what I mean by that is this, we have been socialized to act in a lot of ways like men. And that's Mm. especially for successful women. The model for success has been the drive, the focus, the hustle, move it forward and get it done. And it's worked Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. You know, the success that we have right now is from that. And the depth of our power is actually in a really different way that when we start to access that, we can have much greater success and even more importantly, fulfillment, meaning having what we want with grace and joy and ease and much greater pleasure and mm-hmm. juiciness in life than most <laughs> women are currently experiencing. Oh yeah, I would totally agree. So I find all of that very fascinating and so true. I mean, I'm in a male dominated industry. You know, I'm in the car mm-hmm. business. I'm often one of few females in the room, if the only female in the room. And I know there's a lot you have to play in to demand the respect or, you know, earn the trust. So I love that you're capitalizing on this. And I'm glad that we're having this conversation because I don't feel like women dealing with these types of issues might even like not even realize that this is a thing. And then two, they probably don't know that there's like a support system out there to help them and guide them and help them improve their skills. Yes. The way I think about it is that we have the opportunity right now to create a whole nother door to walk through. So let me give you an example of what I mean. One thing is, is that we kind of have this impression of a powerful woman, a woman who doesn't care what other people think is a bitch. Mm. And that if you're emotional in business, especially that you're crazy, that's crazy. And what if using your emotions and accessing your femininity is actually a different door into your true power. Mm. Allowing yourself to get angry or frustrated if you feel angry or frustrated in business and move from that place instead of having to be all buttoned up and serious and maybe more masculine. What if that is actually because our natural ways of being have been muted and we've been made to think just through society. I'm not making men or anybody else wrong, but it's just what's happening. Mm -hmm. We've been made to think that some of the ways that we naturally are, are wrong and should be hidden and put away. And actually when we start to access those and bring them out, we're also finding some of the source of our real power and potential and confidence. Ooh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about this confidence because I feel like that is an area in which you can tap into it maybe professionally, but then personally you might be lacking a little bit or vice versa. So how how do you do that? How do you tap into your confidence and how do you help women in support of bringing that to light? I love this topic. I think it's so juicy and important (laughs) for all of us. The first piece is that I think of confidence, kind of if you think of self-confidence, self-love, 
even self-care, all of those imply something that's outside of you. Mm, And what is really at the core is what is the quality of your relationship with yourself? Mm. So let me give an example. If you had a partner who never touched you, never took you out anywhere, didn't pay attention to what you said or talked down to you, never really looked you in the eye and didn't appreciate you, what do you think would be the quality of your relationship? It would be in the toilet. It would be (laughs) terrible. Yeah. It wouldn't exist probably. Right. And that's actually how we treat ourselves and then wonder, why am I not more confident? Wow. I'm getting all this feedback from the outside of like, great job at work and you look amazing and you're doing, you know, your hair and whatever, all those things. Why don't I feel better about myself? Mm -hmm. I'm not treating myself the way I need to be treated to actually feel good in this relationship. Mm -hmm. So the way in is not really getting more massages. That's the thing with (laughs) self-care is really, I mean, massage is great (laughs) and I love it, but it's deceiving because then what happens? I'm sure people listening, you understand this. It's like, wait, I, I'm doing all these things. I'm reading the books. I'm getting the massage. I'm doing the self-care and I still don't feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. So it's more like a consciously developing a relationship with you that for me actually begins with looking myself in the eye in the mirror mm-hmm. and saying things that are true. Speaking like, Sloan, you are really doing your best to get your message out in the world and helping women the best that you can. And maybe I might include a specific example from a client where I really put my heart into a conversation, Mm -hmm. something meaningful. Sometimes I'll put my hands on my cheeks even and just say, I love you so much. You're doing a great job having some intimacy with me. Are you a believer in I am statements then? Like, you know, I've read a couple studies on, you know, if you start each day with gratitudes and then also writing, you know, like, I am this, or are you more about like the verbal engagement with yourself? So I like that, what you're saying, if it feels true. And let me give you an example. I was with a client on a retreat recently. I do women's retreats. And she was kept doing this, I am beautiful. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I am beautiful. I'm, yeah, I tell myself I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. And I said, do you feel beautiful? Does that resonate when you say it? And she's like, it really doesn't. Mm. So the piece here is to use the I am statement that does feel authentic and nourishing mm-hmm. now. Okay. I am feeling loving towards myself. I have, you have beautiful skin. I don't know, whatever thing that you can feel is great. Pick a part of your body you do love or something that's authentic. I think that's empowering Mm -hmm. and that can be building confidence. But when it's not resonating with you, I think it's doing the opposite. Ooh, okay. Because you're saying something to yourself over and over again, that doesn't feel true in a way that's like tearing your confidence down, like you're lying to yourself. Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I consider those micro steps, find the next little bit that's an up level, but that could feel authentic. Mm -hmm. And then you go into, you can do your I am statements with that, and then you build on it. Mm -hmm. And yes, over time, you're going to get to, you are beautiful. You are beautiful. And 
you have to be feeling that in your heart. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that resonate for you? Oh, definitely. And I think especially at a time like this where I think, you know, a lot of us are dealing with some additional emotion. There's some fear going on. There's some adjusting to like our new normal. I mean, you know, for the time being or whatnot. And I know for me, so right now, you know, I'm working from home and I don't have a lot of human interaction. But for me, if I make a conscious decision or a conscious effort to get up in the morning and start my day as if it were a normal day where I was going to be out and about. So I'm talking like I take a shower and I, you know, put a little effort into myself. You maybe put on a little makeup, even though I know I'm not going anywhere. I feel better about myself, you know, and I can tap into a different line of confidence or a different feeling than if I just kind of like sulk around in my pajamas all day. Yeah. <laughs> so if that makes like any you're, sense. You're consciously caring for you and getting ready. And I love that. Yeah. To make you feel good. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's true too. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day just about mental preparation if you're going on a date or whatnot. And and I think I've proved this point to myself as well. Like if you're not in the right mental capacity, you know, it's going to then play a part or play a role into your scenario, whatever it may be, right? It yeah. might be a date, might be a business meeting, you know, might just be a get together with girlfriends. But, you know, you kind of have to take that step back, get in the right mental frame and do what it takes to, I, I guess, you know, fake it till you make it. Until you make it. Well, I love the idea of getting in the right mental state. And I could give a little strategy about that. Oh, I love it. Yes, please. Especially right now, I think it's important that we have some things to rely on. Because, you know, if you don't have the tools in your back pocket, and you don't know really how to deal with these feelings and emotions, you know, you're kind of at a loss, right? So yeah, give me all the tips. (laughs) Yes. Well, the exciting thing about right now is that what we're feeling, experiencing is kind of a magnification of what was already going on underneath. Mm. So it's this really beautiful opportunity for whatever you're experiencing now, especially as it relates to fear, to see more clearly the truth about the fear that when you're busy and everything seems fine and going, maybe just bubbling beneath the surface, but now it's kind of like blown up in your face. Right. Right. And the interesting thing is that the energy that you create in matters. So whether you were just referencing you go on a date or you're building in your business, if you're feeling fear, doubt, and worry, and you go into that experience and building that experience in the fear, doubt, and worry, somehow it's going to be bringing more of that experience back to you. Mm -hmm. You You will be reflected more fear back to you. And we could talk about what that means, but I'd like to share how to shift out of fear because I think it's really important for right now. And then you're right. When this situation passes, we all get to see who we've become. So the strategy for shifting out of fear first is becoming aware of it. Okay, I'm feeling fear. What am I afraid of right now? It might be, let me just use an example. I went into the grocery store and I'm just using this as an example. I became afraid because the shelves were empty. Mm -hmm. Some of them were empty and it's not how I'm used to seeing it. Okay. That's an awareness. The next piece is what am I feeling in my body? Mm. Is it my chest, my stomach? 
When you get afraid, Erin, where do you where do you notice the sensation in your body? When I when I get afraid? Uh-huh. When you feel fear. Do you um, know? I, I don't know. I don't know that I've ever really examined that. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, this is exciting <laughs> to look at. So the next time then that you're experiencing it, it's like for me, it will be in my chest or my stomach. Okay. And the beautiful part about noticing that is it's gonna be at a later time another way for me to be like, oh wait, there's that tightness in my stomach. I must be feeling fear uh, right now. Interesting. What is it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. The next step is the most important. This is the one most people skip, especially us, you know, conscious people. We're we're like, oh, I shouldn't be afraid. I heard the mayor Garcetti last night talking about there's plenty of food. It's just people are going crazy hoarding. There's mm -hmm. no problem with the food supply right now. So if I just immediately go from I'm afraid to logic, uh -huh. it doesn't take the fear away. Mm -hmm. So the next step is comforting myself. There's a little part of me that did get afraid when I saw the shelves at the store. And I would say something like, oh, Sloan, totally understandable. You're not used to seeing that at the store. And there's a lot going on right now that's new, that's different. I get it. Mm -hmm. It's the way we would talk to a little kid or the way you wish your parents talked to you when you were little. <laughs> yeah. We have to do that for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then I can go into the logic. Then the higher side of me is like, okay, and remember last night, the food supply is fine. You can't get everything you want right now. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. Fine. You have enough food at home. We're good. Right. Now, sometimes I've got to check in on the question. Is there some action I've been avoiding that's making me feel afraid? Ooh, okay. So if this fear was coming up because I was sitting at home and my refrigerator is empty. Then yeah, I got to I got to get out to the grocery store. Or if we are tying it into relationship, Sometimes I'm feeling afraid about relationship and it turns out I should be having an honest conversation with the person I haven't. Mm. So always check in because if you could go through all these steps and if it's really about action, there's nothing but the action that's going to take away the fear. Got it. Does that make yeah. sense? No, definitely. Okay. And then the last one is sometimes we just need a physical shift. So that could be a dance party, <laughs> jumping on the trampoline, doing jumping jacks. Sometimes I like to do emotional dance party. That's like if I'm feeling angst or sadness or I put on that music that just brings it up and is like, oh, I'm just dancing my heart out with myself in the living room. <laughs> but just letting that emotion be there and then I'm ready to shift it and move on. Got it. Okay. No, that's great. That, Like you mentioned, the awareness is the hard part because I think sometimes too, so I'm a big believer in like manifestation. So I've been having these discussions actually with my mom lately. When you talk about manifestation, if we're always talking about something, whether it be positive or negative, you're, and you kind of mentioned this yourself, you're drawing more of it to you. So if I spend my entire day talking about panic about, you know, the coronavirus and the lack of food and the fact that I'm stuck in my place and all these things. And I feel like it's then drawing, you know, or compounding that kind of negative connotation and not where I want to be and not the space that I want to be in. So I really like the idea of dealing with the emotions and the fears and the negative things that kind of come from this and then finding a way to address them. So what you just shared is great. It's a good exercise to go through and 
then, you know, we can use that to try to then find the positive. And I think there are positives right now. I mean, you know, I talked to you for two seconds and your energy just, you know, lifted me up and, and, you know, you have that, you shine. So I think for me, finding the simplicities right now, as I'm working from my kitchen table and I look out the window and I see, you know, families walk by with their kids and wagons. And I mean, I sit at that kitchen table all the time when I'm not traveling and and work and try to soak up the sunshine. And I've never seen so many people pass my (laughs) my window. You know what I mean? Or just, you know, friends reaching out to one another and just checking on each other. And that might happen in a, a normal day-to-day basis, but not to the level that it is today. And I think that's nice too, because it's creating this sense of community. Yes. And also people really starting to pay attention to what's important. Mm, yes. And I'd like to take it even a level higher and say that the way I see what's happening right now is there are people who are really stepping into leading from love or light or vision or inspiration, whatever you want to say. And there are people who are choosing to stay in the chaos. Mm -hmm. And when I say leading, that can be leading in your family, in your relationship, in your business. And if you want to even move from beyond, you know, how you're experiencing life, the truth is, is that people are so hungry to be around someone who sees some other possibility than this just being the scariest, most stressful thing ever. Right. And it's not possible to be that leader in any aspect of your life if you haven't actually shifted your state from inside. Mm, mm-hmm. so there's, a, there's a big difference if I'm doing the work to feel good on the inside, even with all of this going on, and then only then can I go out into the world to really help people. Mm-hmm. And the way that I am and the way that I'm feeling right now is actually because with everything that's happening, I've quadrupled the amount of work that I do in this practice I showed you, in my meditation, in shutting off and making sure that I'm really conscious about what media and conversations and information is coming into my world. I've gotten hyper-focused on it even more than before so that I can be in love and bringing my love out and helping people to the best that I can. Right. So each of us has the choice to make this shift out of fear over and over and over again, to really have the impact that you want to have wherever that is in your life, Mm -hmm. relationships, business, anywhere. Awesome. Can you talk to me a little bit about meditation and kind of what you do yourself or what maybe you suggest that your clients do? Because I feel like that is an area I know I personally would like to know more about, but it's hard to maintain (laughs) that focus. So walk me through kind of your suggestions on, on meditation. You know, I started meditating. I was in a yoga class probably 10 years ago, and this man somehow announced to the class, he said, Hey, everybody, I want to challenge you to meditate for two minutes a day for 14 days in a row. And I promise it'll change your life. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll try that. (laughs) And I have never stopped. Really? Ever. And so, yes, it is. And I notice when I don't do it, I'm frazzled and disconnected. And I'm saying this as an inspiration. I literally just had a conversation with a client who is like, I know I should, but it's, it's hard. I get up in the middle and start doing other things. And here's the best analogy that I have about it. 
most people when they start meditating are like, oh, it's too hard or it's not for me because our minds naturally are like a two-year-old unfocused. Mm -hmm. If you pay attention to the thoughts, they're like, you're amazing. This is crazy. I hate you. You suck. Yeah, you're great. Go do this. No, do that. I mean, it's insane. Uh-huh. Right. And we're expecting this little two year old that's out of control to suddenly be able to sit down and focus for 10 minutes. Right. To sit still. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. And that's not how it works. The two year old at first is like just even to sit down for 10 seconds is a big thing. And then to focus for 10 seconds and then to close their eyes for 15. And so if you treat yourself like that tenderly, okay, yeah, I'm going to lay here for 10 minutes. Maybe I won't even focus once during the 10 minutes. And then maybe tomorrow it'll be for five seconds. And then I go on and on just knowing that it's not a magic pill, but we all know the science, the studies, the research. And then the deeper level is, do you want to really live life from a different place? This is a beautiful conscious way to do that. And a really important part of more and more consciousness, more and more love, more and more presence with the people you love. Mm -hmm. This is really the best thing that I know to, let me say it this way, a key part of that journey. Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing from you is that there really isn't a true right or wrong way to meditate and whether it's just two minutes a day or if you can, you know, work up to a longer amount of time, like wow. it doesn't matter just taking a second to breathe and be in your own thoughts and whatever that looks like um, is well, important. I do. Yes. Agreed. A hundred percent. That's a good place to start. And I really recommend doing a meditation. That's just a simple eyes closed focus on your breath mm -hmm. going in and out, in and out. And when the mind wanders, it's like, Oh, that's interesting. Look at that. Come on back. Like the same way you would, if you had a two-year-old, you wouldn't be like, God damn it. Why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, Oh, come on back here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's what we're doing now. And I do some other practices now, but I try to do about 45 minutes a, a day at this time with mm -hmm. all this fear, with all the, everything going on to really be centered. But if you can start with two minutes and build it up to five after a week and 10, maybe next month, that's amazing. That right. will change your experience. Okay, awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. give it I'm gonna give it a try. I'm, I, okay, I I did read that article on Steve Jobs, whose brain was much younger than um, he was yeah. when he passed because of his. They attributed it to meditation. Did you know that? Wow. Uh, yeah, it's I did pretty. Not know it's that. pretty fascinating. Yeah, I'll have to send you over the article. But I was like, whoa. You know, I mean, the mind is such a powerful tool. Yes. You know, regardless of meditation or manifestation, any of that. So. I want to know more about your retreats. I want to know kind of what you do there, you know, what type of people attend your retreats kind of, you know, and also because of the current situation, are you having to postpone your next one or are you kind of taking that day by day? Yes. So as far as the retreat and what happens there, the women who come on the retreat are really wanting a shift in their life. Mm -hmm. So that might be to make more money in their business. That might be to have more intimacy and pleasure, more playfulness. It really depends on who she is. But some shift that would have a really big impact in the way she's experiencing life. 
everybody comes on retreat and they don't know each other. So nobody shares their last name or what they do for business. There's no phones. I take everyone's phone and no email and none of that. And basically everybody comes into my world where I create experiences to help them see two things. Well, experience themselves first as the changed version of themselves. So if you could have an experience where you already were the person who had a seven figure business, what that feels like in the body, then you can go out in the world and you're talking about manifestation. The fastest way to manifest is I already am that. Mm -hmm. And now it's just coming to me. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece of what they see is more of the truth about themselves, about why they have not yet done it. So what elements are holding them back and who they've been in the past that it's time to let go of. Mm -hmm. So everything is a surprise. There's no agenda. And every single element of the retreat is carefully curated and uniquely curated for that retreat based on who's there and what shift she needs to make. Wow. So it's a very special. I want to touch on your question about what I'm doing right now and with retreat and everything going on, because I think this is really important, not, not just for me and my business, but much on a bigger scale is how I'm thinking about what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And people can choose to take this on and for themselves and their business too. So I have my next retreat is scheduled in May. And I've been hearing a lot of people who are putting their lives and businesses and things on hold, which on one hand is understandable. You know, I get it. It's scary. There's a lot going on. We don't know what's going to happen, travel, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But when we talked about earlier being a leader and being a leader in love, the way I'm choosing to experience what's happening right now is that we're not going back to how things were. Mm-hmm. First of all, this isn't just a temporary thing for me to like hunker down and wait until it's over and I can just finally go back to my life. So the idea now is is it in service for people to come and work with me and for me to help them whatever they're experiencing right now? And I, I we all have to ask ourselves that question and I'm going to say a resounding yes, 100%. I know that's true. So I'm still reaching out to people, having our conversations, signing people up for the next retreat, which is in May, mm-hmm. and knowing there's no chance I'm going to put people in danger. We're going to go against you know, what we need to do to right. be supporting what we're all doing. So I'm going to work it out. Mm-hmm. If we need to delay to the summer, then we'll do that. But the fundamental point is, is I'm really looking to the much bigger picture and seeing that I have people to help right now. In fact, I'm speeding up what I'm doing instead of slowing it down because I'm looking at what am I really here to do? Right. And so I want to ask the viewer, you know, what are you really here to do? How can you help to uplift people? Does your business help people in any way move forward in their lives, they need your services. Mm -hmm. I have a client who's an attorney and has a lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm going to put these projects on hold with everything going on. Now's not the good time. Actually, now's the time. Now's the time when you have the focus and the Mm -hmm. energy to really put your whole awareness into this project, get it in place so that when things do shift and we're not in the emergency situation, you have your business all set up. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And if we all can really think about this for our own unique businesses, there's a lot that can be done right now while still honoring that we're at home and have, mm-hmm. you know, all this other stuff going on. Right. I totally agree with that. And I, I also love it for the aspect of self-improvement and treating yourself yes. like a business, if you will, because I think oftentimes, you know, especially as women, we put ourselves last and I know mm-hmm. that, I, you know, I don't have children, you know, I don't have a significant other, but I even put myself last, you know, whether it's be, you know, helping a friend out or wanting to do a volunteer activity or you know, there's always a distraction, right? From yourself. And so right now having the extra time, I mean, one thing for me that's so silly, but is just sleep, like actually getting a good night's sleep, actually making sure that every day there is no excuse to work out. And I, I've been loving seeing people do these virtual workouts and, you know, people are streaming like Facebook live and, you know, yoga studios are offering free memberships and, you know, all of these things that we often find an excuse not to do journaling, just, you know, getting your thoughts out there, writing down your goals, like, you know, planning for the future that you want to create. Now is the time to do it. And I, I just think that Anybody who is missing that, it's really, you know, sad. And I hope that they hear this message and I, I hope that they hear your energy and it reinvigorates them, you know, because this doesn't have to be punishment. This doesn't have to be <laughs> we're on house arrest. This is an opportunity to reconnect with yourself. And like you said, get yourself situated so that when things do get back to normal, you're, you know, light years ahead. Yeah, the question really is, Who are you going to become by the time this is over? Mm -hmm. And if the choice is to to kind of just wait it out and that, that's a different path than if it's, I'm going to look at this situation and really look at myself in it and grow. And what you just mentioned is a really interesting one. It's like, all right, things are slowed down. We can't possibly have all the plans we did. So be the explorer with yourself. Are you still filling up the whole time and too busy for yourself and putting yourself last? And if you are, oh, that's interesting. It never was about that I had all these other things. It's really about just choices I'm making mm-hmm. every day, yeah. which is probably what it's about anyway. <laughs> but it's just a place to look, right? right? Another awareness that this magnified situations allowing us to see more and more and more of the truth about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in that way, it is a real gift. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Okay, I have one more question to ask you. And okay. this is something that I think impacts me, but impacts other people. Is the ability to say no or when you're having a conversation or you're dealing with a situation, whether it be in business or in a relationship and you know what you really want, right? Your gut tells you, your mind is telling you, but you're not able to articulate those words. Do you ever have women who come to you, you know, with that kind of same problem? And then how do you guide them to deal with it? Yes. Could we use a, like a specific example? Is it no, like I don't want to be in relationship with you or um, let's no, use, let's catch me? Sure. Let's use a easy example because my friend just, she just <laughs> ran me <laughs> through the coals for this one. So uh, 
simple example, guy asks for your telephone number. You don't really want to give it to him, but you do anyways because it's easier than saying, you know, I'm not interested in you or I don't think we're a match or whatnot. That is an example that actually played out this week. And my friend was quick to tell me, (laughs) Erin, you got to figure that one out, you know? Oh, thank you for sharing that so openly. (laughs) I appreciate it, especially because it's something we've all experienced. For sure. And yeah. I, yes, I love that you're bringing that up because this is one of my personal specialties has been a people pleaser. Mm. So I totally resonate with what you're saying. And it's really interesting journey to go on the path of noticing that ultimately The people pleasing, meaning saying yes when I mean no, taking the phone number and I don't really want it, any of that stuff is putting someone else's needs before your own. Ooh, it's connected. Okay. Oh, yeah. And it kind of goes back to, I'm confused of why I don't feel better about myself. When, When I do things like that enough, it's over and over again, sending me the unconscious message of, they're more important than me. They're more important than me. Mm-hmm. And so it really is practice. And one of my favorite tactics that I could recommend is, you know, you wouldn't go from, I'm a person who I would just take the card and be like, oh, thanks. Yeah, I'll call you. Bye. And then not do it into suddenly saying, oh, thank you so much. I'm really honored. I'm actually not interested, but I appreciate the offer. Okay. you're That's a big leap. Mm-hmm. So the in between is usually I take the card and I'm like, Oh, man, I actually didn't want that. So we have a technique called the redo. Ooh, and I love redo. Okay, okay. Is, people love this too. I've done it with a many different types of humans, and they really appreciate it. So it would be like, I realize I took the card and I don't want it. It would actually be turning to this person if it, this person feels like it's safe, you know, energetically for you. But would you mind helping me with something? I'm actually practicing speaking really honestly. Do you mind me giving you this back and you could offer it to me and we could do a, just a redo? Oh, really? You, you would do that? Oh my God. That made that, it. That, that, okay. So now I'm feeling the fear that you talked about earlier and I'm feeling it right oh, here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then you could do it with your friends. Okay. If okay. Perfect. Much, yep. You could take it home and you're like, Hey, I need to practice something because when you can get it in your body, enough times that, oh, wait, this is how I react in this situation where for us as people pleasers, it's in our body automatically to react for what the other person might need, Mm -hmm. what we think they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the redo is a, a way to your mind and your neural pathways in your brain don't know the difference between you doing it with your friend versus this real life situation of taking the card. It's like the logical part of our brain, you know, the highest self of us we can talk about right now and knowing that it's for everyone's greatest good for me to be honest about my truth. Mm -hmm. And so I use the redo a lot. I actually use it with my daughter. If I react in a way that I'm like, you know what? That wasn't my best self showing up. Could we redo that conversation? She's like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love that though. That's great. Yeah. 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 And it feels good too. Then we're actually building the kind of relationship I want. Uh-huh. 
Oh, I love that. That's great advice. Well, thank you, Sloan, for that. So if women want to reach out to you, if they want to um, do coaching with you or they want to be a part of your next retreat, how do they contact you? You know, I think the best way to get in touch with me and us to connect is I would love to have anyone who's interested in any of these elements of conversation to come and join me in the Warriors of the Heart Society on Facebook. Ooh, okay. It's a Facebook group. It's really small. It's mostly women I know personally. And we're together for really exploring doing business together, creating friendships, and living a growth-minded, f- most fulfilled life. Oh, I and you that. can also, of course, send me a direct message on Facebook or on Instagram. And I only have one name, Sloan. So I'm on Facebook as Sloan. I said Sloan is like Madonna. <laughs> Yeah, which is amazing. I love it. I love it. Well, I will have to join that group because, I mean, it sounds sounds fantastic. Any community where women are uplifting other women, you know, I want to be a part of. And I love your energy. And I so appreciate your time and your advice. And you just helping us all get through, you know, our quarantine, (laughs) really. You know, and oh, thank Thank you, you. Sloan. You're doing awesome work. And I appreciate being here. Oh, you're the best. You might, you might have to wait a long time. Thanks for tuning into your Such a Catch. I hope today's episode provided some motivation, maybe a reminder that we can still do great work at a time like this on ourselves and on our relationships. We can also pursue our dreams or tackle things that have been on our to-do list for far too long. Or we can catch up on much-needed rest, maybe enjoy a little time with nature, and, you know, just the stillness around us. So I will leave you with this simple reminder until we chat next week. Appreciate the hard times. Someday there'll be just another chapter in your success story.